Thank you for joining the Broken Road to Mental Health podcast. I'm your host, Sharon Feckety, and I'm so glad you are on this broken road with me. I hope you will find value in this podcast, and if you do, share it with somebody else who too might be struggling on this broken road to mental health in life and in business. Thank you for joining. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. I'm Sharon Feckety. You are a host, and you are on the Broken Road to Mental Health along with me as we are all under construction, navigating through this world of talking about mental health and normalizing the conversation. I'm very happy today to have some wonderful guests on the show. Um, We have Dr. Robert Applebaum, who is a physician and board member of the Love for Lawrence Foundation, and Stoney Dvornik is the director of the Love for Lawrence Foundation. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Well, um, I always take a deep breath before I have these uh, conversations because I remember the day um, that I found out about uh, Lawrence passing and I did not know him personally. Uh, we have a, a mutual friend. And um, because I was somebody that suffered very deeply from depression as a young adult and attempted suicide on my own life, I really um, have such deep compassion for others and have such deep respect for everybody that is throwing themselves into the ring and trying to help others that might be struggling today. And we certainly have a group of people here today that are are in this fight to to normalize the conversation. So I'd like to start with you, Stoney, if you could just give us a little bit of background on the foundation and how it started and how we can all help and get involved. Oh, I would love to. Uh, Lawrence Huntley Dimmitt IV died by suicide just over uh, four and a half years ago now. And he was uh, a young man at 32 years of age who had it all. It was one of those deaths where uh, people who knew him and those in this community who didn't, and because he was a fifth generation Floridian, both sides, thought, how did this happen? He had everything, everything by worldly standards that anybody could want, and that his death was truly a shock. Uh, So after it happened, a group of his friends, who his mom lovingly calls the Tampa Boys, although they're very successful men uh, uh, in the Tampa Bay community, all in their 30s now, came to the family and said, we've got to do something. We've got to do something about this. If we can save one other life, we will honor Lawrence. And so they put together this foundation. Our umbrella organization is Community Foundation Tampa Bay. That's where our funds are held. And they're our, uh, kind of our guiding force. And they put together an amazing board of directors, uh, people from all over the Tampa Bay area, uh, diverse group. We have 14 on the board, including family members, friends, and even a couple people who didn't really know Lawrence that well but come to the table with all of this talent and passion for mental health. And one thing that I think is very significant about this group is that as they created the Love for Lawrence Foundation, they used it as a way to deal with their own grief as well as do good for the community. And through supporting the family, they have been such a balm to the spirits of the, of the Dimmitt family in helping them again through that horrific grief to turn the situation into good. Yeah. Uh, so for example, I'm able to call Mrs. Dimmitt weekly 
and say, I know you want Lawrence back. You'd do anything to have Lawrence back. But let me tell you the good that came from this foundation today. Mm. And that's because of these, this group of friends that first came together and suggested the start of the foundation. So we kicked off in May of 2019. Since then, we've had two major events in, the, uh, in Tampa Bay, uh, both of them focusing on uh, helping those who struggle with mental health challenges to reduce the stigma and therefore be able to reach out and get the support they need. And then the next one was all about art therapy, the art of healing, and maybe a little bit out of the box way of approaching mental health and mental wellness. We have done a series of salon talks. We now call those lunch and learn. This spring, they're the fourth Thursday of the month where we bring in professionals and uh, to talk about uh, things that drive our mission statement. And let me tell you that mission statement, everything we do is about this mission statement, working collectively with the Community Foundation Tampa Bay to change the conversation around mental health by destigmatizing depression and suicide. We share promising research and successful interventions to inspire hope, foster acceptance, and save lives. Mm, that's beautiful. Stoney, thank you so much for sharing that with us. And you know, you hit on something that is um, so incredible in the beginning when you were speaking about Lawrence. Um, and I, I offer my condolences to the family and to all of his friends, the Tampa boys, <laughs> the Tampa men, um, that have really um, taken this, this pain and turned it into purpose. But it's always been the conversation when we learn of somebody who has had, as you said, everything going for them. Um, and it leaves a lot of people that are, you know, uh, that love people that take their own lives uh, confused as to what could possibly have brought somebody to this place. And, and I often wonder, because as, as somebody who suffered terribly from depression, I would hear the same thing. You have everything going for you, Sharon. You grew up in Long Island, New York. Your parents are still married. You went to private school. Today, I work with doctors. What could I possibly be depressed about? And, and I wonder um, how that conversation continues today. And, and Robert, um, being on the board and being such a, an intricate part of, of helping normalize this conversation, I wonder how it felt as, as a friend of Lawrence to, to learn of this and then to, to take this like you all did, uh, this horrible loss and, and turn it into something that, that really provides such a great service for so many people. We, um, well, I can tell you probably the way most people feel when something like this happens to somebody like Lawrence is a lot of confusion and wondering what we could have done better what we should have seen, what we should have done. Should we have been there when it happened? Should you know, the last thing that we, you think about the last thing that you said to somebody like Lawrence and, and it's tough. And then, you know, you get very emotional even just thinking about it. I get emotional now just talking about it. And I can say that we're, I'm very fortunate. We're all very fortunate to have a wonderful group of friends. I think closer, mm -hmm than a lot of people have and, and, a, and a strong support system. And that's, that was kind of the beginning when, when it happened, everyone was there together with each other, with the family, with people we didn't know. And um, we were all trying to figure it out as a group. And mm -hmm. 
we knew how wonderful Lawrence's family is, how wonderful Lawrence's family is. And we kind of realized we were trying to figure out what to do to feel better mm-hmm. and to try not to waste some an opportunity to do something that was good. And, and we knew how, we knew that as bad as we were feeling, Lawrence's family was feeling a hundred million in an impossibly high percentage worse than we were. And, um, you know, thinking back to that time, it's almost a blur about how it happened. But as a group, we were able to get together with Lawrence's family and try to figure out what we could do to support each other, to support them and to get something good out of something so horrible. And we just got together. We started getting together in Clearwater and Tampa at Armature Works. We met on Saturdays and just started talking. What can we do? We brought in some really wonderful people and um, I, I could name them all. They're all just fantastic and with different experiences around mental health, around grieving and loss and started just brainstorming ideas. And I think the number one idea that started was we didn't want to reinvent the wheel, but we had the ability to support organizations doing good and dealing with mental health in a positive way. And that's where we kind of began. And we realized that it's hard to have conversations around mental health. And that's really where the basis for the mission statement of Love for Lawrence, what it is, what it developed into now became destigmatizing mental health, allowing people to talk about it. What couldn't we do? What didn't we say? Make that easier to do. And um, you know, I'm just a very small part of the support system for these great individuals I was able to you know, spend time with. And, and we all have stayed involved and we've all, you know, we, we developed it slowly and wanted to do it right. And um, you know, we brought in Stoney, who has mm-hmm. really been such an important part of the, of the growth of Love for Lawrence and how we've been able to, to do what we've done. And she can talk to numbers and different organizations we've worked with. She mentioned some of it at the beginning, but it, it's been really, for each of us, just a, a way to deal, a way to feel better, bring everybody closer and do what we can for, for the Dimmitt family. Yeah, you know, they say um, sometimes the best thing that you could do to help uh, feel better is to do service. So you're certainly all doing that service um, in this work that you're doing. So thank you for sharing that with us. Um, Sony, I really love that uh, when I'm looking at you, I see the mental health first aid in the background. I know you were teaching today. I'm uh, a happily certified uh, mental health first aid um, person myself, and that doesn't even make sense. I don't know what the official term is, but uh, I know how hard you are all working to make sure that this conversation is happening. And I'm so happy to hear that um, it is is mandatory now in all schools um, to have the teachers and staff to have this training. It's so important that we're talking about it. So can you can you tell us a little bit about the work that you're doing in terms of mental health first aid? I would love to. So um, uh, I took mental health first aid as you did several years ago. So we are officially certified mental health first aiders. And I can even give you a little a visual on that. This is our mascot, algae, the koala, because the program started in Australia. It's now in 25 countries. And if you can see this, we say mental health first aid is CPR 
for mental health challenges. Mm -hmm. So Love for Lawrence brought the idea out of mental health first aid to our umbrella organization, Community Foundation Tampa Bay. Uh, one of our board members is April Lott, who's the CEO of Directions for Living, the largest healthcare uh, mental health provider in Pinellas. She's also a mental health first aid instructor. So we talked to the Community Foundation about this and they decided that they would like to make this their big initiative uh, after COVID began was to provide mental health first aid training for uh, nonprofits in the community uh, of Tampa Bay, for faith-based communities and for educational uh, organizations. So with a grant from Humana and the help of Love for Lawrence to put together an instructor team, and we have a team of 21 instructors now that mm -hmm. we've certified, we brought in St. Petersburg College to be our administrators and we began the program in September of 2020. So as of today, I can tell you, we've taught 99 classes wow. and we've certified over 1700 new mental health first aiders. So what, what does that mean? It means that we have 1700 new uh, first aiders out there who are equipped to notice and recognize the signs and symptoms of a mental health challenge in an individual. They've learned how to assess the situation and approach those individuals by listening non-judgmentally, giving a reassurance and information, which we call hope with facts, and then encouraging them to support themselves through self-help or other support measures, or by encouraging them to seek uh, professional help. And as part of the course, and wherever you're taking it in the United States or around the world, we're first of all, culturally sensitive to that area, but also we provide resources that these new first aiders have at hand so they know who to call. They know where a person can get uh, mental health therapy, mm -hmm. where they can get support in the very area where they live. You know, there's an, uh, a really a horrific uh, statistic and that is the median number of years it takes someone who has a diagnosable mental illness to get treatment. It's 10 years. Mm -hmm. And in any, at any given time, 40% of people who have a mental health challenge are seeking no treatment whatsoever. So it could be stigma, could be a lack of resources, it could be culture, it could be money, but we provide those resources to our first aiders to help other people. We interrupt this awesome podcast to tell you about our sponsor, Thai Technology. They are a voice over IP phone company with superior voice services to businesses across the United States. So get this, Thai Technology only takes on referral customers. What does that mean? Their entire client roster is filled with satisfied customers. So why do I love them so much? Because they're the very best when it comes to excellence in customer services. So they're local here in Tampa Bay, but that doesn't mean that they can't service your amazing organization. If you mention this podcast to Thai Technology, you will get the first three months for free. So don't forget to mention the broken road to mental health in life and in business. Thanks for listening. There's also a great shortage of mental health professionals across the country. In the Tampa Bay area, from the day you make a phone call to try to get an appointment with a psychiatrist, your wait time is about three months. 
Well, I know that for a fact, since I work with doctors and one of my clients has a waiting list that is three months long and it is, it's a shame. So to to have um, your organization to provide resources is so, so important. You know, um, when I'm, when I'm speaking about mental health in the workplace, which I do often now, um, I'm so grateful for what I learned at, you know, these first aid um, seminars, because if it wasn't for the EAP counselor that my father had at uh, New York hospital many, many years ago, he was brave enough or was equipped enough to ask me the question that I needed to hear, which was, are you having suicidal thoughts? And I was finally able to say yes. And then to get the help from there, but all of the, the time that I had been struggling myself, nobody had ever asked me that question. And I think it's so important that um, people, everyday people are equipped with uh, questions to ask and signs to look for. So we don't have to wait to get that appointment with the psychiatrist. We can, you know, we could use our resources and, 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 you know, even your lunch and learns have been wonderful. I've attended them myself. Um, I know that there's so NAMI. I was at the crisis center of Tampa Bay this morning, had their breakfast and yesterday, Grace Point had um, honored my dear friend, Rita Lohman as the mental health champion. So there's so many resources, especially here in Tampa Bay, that I, I want I want to encourage people today to, you know, reach out. And if you can't get that appointment, there are other, there are other avenues. Um, one of the reasons and I want to, I want to bring this over to Robert. Um, one of the reasons that I started this podcast was I, after I wrote my book, I had so many people coming to me and asking me questions and I thought, well, I'm not a professional. I'm not a therapist. Um, I have lived experience. And, and I think that having lived experience, it, it allows other people to feel very comfortable to talk to me about what they've been through because I understand it. I've been there. I know how it feels. Um, but I, I help them navigate to, to go get help, to go find out other resources. So, so can you, do you feel comfortable sharing if you yourself, Robert, as a, a dear friend of Lauren's, you know, what did you do for your own self-care after you learned of the loss of Lawrence? Because to have such a tight group of friends like that, it must have been devastating and still is to this day. Absolutely. Um, for me, one of the things just that you guys, I'll start at the end and, and jump to the beginning. But when I talk to people now having the lived experience, the experience makes it talking about it with everybody constantly makes it easier to talk about. Yeah. And so I always notice when I talk to somebody and I tell them that my friend lost his life to suicide, the, the immediate response is always, I'm so sorry to hear that. And, and it's appreciated. Of course, I say the same thing when I hear other people have had a sad experience, but then I immediately tell them it's okay. I've been talking about this every day since it happened. Mm. And that has made it okay to talk about. Not an okay thing, but but okay to talk about. I can talk about it all day. Sometimes I get emotional. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I tear up. Sometimes more, but but I'm fine. And it's something that I think that alone has really helped with my mental health. And so back to the beginning, just the way I deal with things, I deal with a lot of things internally. So. Right away, of course, everyone's together, crying, sad, confused, trying to deal with what's going on. 
And then it's just been conversation after conversation after conversation, all kinds of topics. What to, what did we do? What happened? What can we do? Um, but I think the thing for me has been being around everybody, talking about it all the time, having my friends to reassure me, having the Dimmit family. Uh, I'm also very fortunate to have a very strong family and parents who are incredibly supportive, a wonderful sister that I, who I can talk to about absolutely anything. And, um, and then just being involved with Love for Lawrence. And yeah. actually those are the things that for me have been, have, have helped with my mental health as I've gone through the ups and downs of, of this process. And with Love for Lawrence is interesting because there's so many happinesses yeah. And they all stem from the sadness and the sadness is always there, but the happiness is and the togetherness that we get out of it. It's the thing that just keeps making it. Okay. keeps making it. Okay. And every time we do something, every time we talk about it, it's, it's just, you know, it's part of life. It's always in there. You know, you, yeah. I literally think about Lawrence and talk about Lawrence every day. I can say that honestly. Um, but um, you know, I try to try to either, make it humorous or make it a happy memory and uh, and it just you know it makes the experience a little bit better and it and it that's what what I've done with or that's what I've been able to do yeah well you said something so important and that's just community you know um I love this book there's a book called Lost Connections by Johan Hari I tell as many people uh as possible about this book because you know um there's so much trauma that goes on uh, with people that lose somebody to suicide. And really the, the most impactful thing is to have other people in our, our lives that we can share these vulnerable, intimate moments with. And I think that the community that you have all pulled together has been just so wonderful. And, and the service that you're providing to others is just, you know, is so impactful and allows Lawrence's legacy to, to live on. Stoney, can you tell me a little bit about um, what you have coming up? Uh, what's going on in 2022? I know that you guys were certainly uh, boots on the ground during the pandemic. Everybody had to step up their mental health resource game and, and see how we could provide some, um, some peace of mind for people in these little Zoom boxes. So what, what's in store for us for 2022 with the well, wonderful foundation? I'll tell you, we've just completed our second competitive grant cycle and we're distributing those grants now in 2022. Uh, over the, the, this was our, I'm sorry, this was our third competitive grant cycle. So we've now, um, we're in the process of distributing uh, up, our, up to $300,000 back into the community. And we'll complete that process by the end of March and supporting, um, organizations such as the Red Tent Women's Initiative, ministering to women who've experienced trauma and are now in prison, mm. uh, guide dogs for people suffering with PTSD, uh, programs for senior adults who are blind and isolated and lonely and experiencing mental health challenges. So some wonderful grants that are going out in the community. And just so your audience knows, every November that grant, the grant applications are open, they're active, they're on our website. And all nonprofits are welcome to apply for these grants. They're up to $10,000 each. And so that process is open in the month of 
November every year, and then we award the grants in March. So that's one thing we're excited about. We're expanding mental health first aid. We trained three native Spanish speakers last year uh, as instructors. And so we now are teaching mental health first aid to both the adult version and the youth version. The youth version is where we train adults to support individuals under the age of 18. And the incidence of anxiety and depression in young people is now at about three and five. It has been horrific, especially during the pandemic. So we now have youth mental health first aid. And then we're one of the very first organizations in the whole Tampa Bay area, if not the state of Florida, to be able to provide teen mental health first aid. So once we've provided the, are trained, the 10% of the adults in an organization in the youth version will come in and we'll train the teenagers to support each other and then be able to refer each other for extra help to those adults who have been trained. Very excited about that. We're also continuing the partnership uh, with the Brain and Behavior Research Foundation, hmm. national organization. In fact, they're the largest funders of research in for mental health uh, treatment uh, and support in the United States. They're an international organization, and we have uh, two speakers that will be coming through the Brain and Brain and Brain and Behavior Research Foundation to be part of our lunch and learns. One is Kay Redmond Jameson, who is a brain surgeon. Uh, and a neurological researcher who lives with bipolar disorder. And she's gonna talk about her experience of getting that diagnosis when she was in medical school and what that meant to her in her career. Mm -hmm. And uh, then we will continue with another doctor, a researcher who's going to talk to us about more in the area of treatment and the research that's going on. We've, we've had programs with ketamine assisted research, uh, with PTSD, with suicidality, uh, so we're looking forward to continuing that relationship and those particular events upcoming. We'll also have our third annual Reeling in Stigma this fall. Those are our, our big events. We're in the planning stages for that now. But your audience can always go to loveforlawrence.org, the four being Roman numeral four for Lawrence, loveforlawrence.org, our website, and take a look at all of the upcoming events. And you can send an email to contact at loveforlawrence.com if you'd like to be added to our mailing list. We put out MailChimp mailings periodically with invitations to register for these Lunch and Learn programs and to register for our events and just to learn more about what Love for Lawrence is doing. Mm, that's awesome. I'm so proud. I'm so excited. Um, my husband uh, was uh, looking to buy a new car uh, last year, and I'm, I'm happy to report um, that we bought it at Dimmit. Um, and really and truly, like I have made it, um, uh, you know, just a piece of what I can do to bring more attention. You know, I, I purposely use Kate Spade products and, you know, I choose who I'm going, where I'm going to put our, our money and, and, and what we're going to do to support mental health and, and every way possible, you know, we, we really need to, to get this out as much as we can. You know, I have an 18 year old stepson. He just turned 18 yesterday and in his Instagram uh, profile, it says, what are you doing for your mental health today? And that isn't, it's a gift, you know, um, and that's because we have an open dialogue and speak very freely about mental health, which is what we all need to continue to do, right? Fantastic, fantastic. 
Yeah. So Dr. Applebaum, is there anything that you want to leave the, uh, the people with today about the work that you've done? I'm sure. Well, maybe this was something that you thought you would do that you'd be a board member and you talk about mental health, but how has that changed? How has it changed your life? I mean, I know what you do is, uh, as an oculoplastic surgeon, that's some difficult work you're doing. And, and I'm sure this takes a lot of your time as well. What is it like for you as the board member? This for me has been eye-opening. It's not something I ever thought that I would be doing because you never really think something like this is going to happen to you until it does. So for me, it's been eye-opening. It's been a complete different path than my professional career has ever taken me on. Um, But it's something that has really opened my eyes to everything else that's going on in the world. From a mental health standpoint, what's going on with other people, I think it's made me a lot stronger at least. And I know that I'm at least trying to, to look out for the things that I can do to help and um, try to just get better. And, and I'm really, for me, it's more just being thankful, really just being grateful for all the people around me, the people who are really able to run this organization, push the organization forward, help out outside of the organization and, and around the world from uh, yeah. you know, just helping, helping out. So I'm thankful. Yeah. Your empathy is your strength today. What a gift, right? What a gift. So thank you so much for joining today. We will have all of the information to find out more in the show notes. I encourage you all to follow on social, to get involved, to join the webinars, to take the mental health first aid course. It is life changing and we all need to be informed today so we can help our, our fellow man and woman navigate through mental health today. So thank you so much for joining. Thank you, Sharon. Sharon, thank you so much for doing this and for having us. It's really wonderful. Thank you. Don't forget to check out Thai Technology. Anyone that mentions this podcast or the Facebook show will receive three free months of service. T-I-E Technology. Check them out.